Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast where after a good month of... uh, uh, well, I would say a roller coaster, but it's not been a roller coaster, has it? It's been like one of those rides where it goes up a bit and that was the arrival of England in Australia and then went down really steeply and really quickly... And we're now at the end. We finished. We finished the ride. It was quicker than we uh, expected. We uh, we paid money for a full-length ride. We only got about 70% of it. But uh, so that's just just how it goes sometimes. Um, Australia, of course, today wrapped up a, a 4-0 win courtesy of England completely imploding. And to discuss today's antics, I'm joined by, first of all, Ross Legg. How are you, Ross? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, it's one of those sad things when uh, yesterday I was saying that Australia were going to pound us um, and it was going to be an absolute brutality of a way of losing. And unfortunately, that came true. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, sitting, sitting across an Australian who's going to absolutely <laughs> love every second of this. It wasn't the hardest prediction you've ever made, Ross, to be honest. Um, and yes, the aforementioned Australian Shane Dietz is back to rub salt into our wounds. How are you, Shane? Uh, very good, and yes, I've uh, got the seaside there, <laughs> ready to go, so it's quite a big one, because I think there's, uh, there's a few wounds, so... We're going to need a big tub. Yeah, I, I, I call for a bit extra salt, I think. But yeah, go to your rollercoaster analogy, I think as, a, as it started coming down, I think it just completely went off the rails, uh, and... That was the ashes done and dusted, and probably finished uh, the way it started, in a bit of a disaster. Yeah, it was a pretty chastening day for all England fans. But, you know, for, for every sad England fan, there'll be a, a happy Aussie. So uh, I don't know whether that makes you feel better or worse, Ross, but uh, that's that's the yin and yang of it. Um, so before we get into the uh, the good stuff, uh, do you want to remind the mis- uh, 
Remind, remind the messages of remind the, listeners. the messages of the listeners. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, Max. Um, you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, they like this video. Uh, there's already kind of 60, 70 people watching this, which is great, and no doubt well, that will swell over the next kind of 10, 15 minutes. Um, you should also follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are feeling um, feeling generous, why don't you just sign up to the Patreon? Jack and I and Max have uh, revamped our Patreon offer. Um, go on to Patreon forward slash the Cricket Podcast, um, and you can see what has got to offer on there especially with England versus West Indies just around the corner um, and the ODI stuff we're good at white ball cricket we're shit at red ball cricket so uh, hopefully there'll be some good cricket there and then the IPL just after that um, and yeah I think that's all we've got time to mention really in this side because I, I think it's I think it's great we've got we've got so much to talk about because today was ridiculous it was and um, yeah we will probably try and focus mostly on today I think we'll do a a kind of a series roundup show uh, a little a little later on after we've had a little time to calm down and collect our thoughts. But today um, has got more than enough content to to keep us going. So um, we will we'll get yeah we'll, we'll get on with that. Um, and England well England started the day with a with a sniff, didn't they? After uh, getting a few late wickets uh, on the evening of the. Second, I still can't. The, the evening of the second day. Second day. <laughs> Australia <laughs> were three down, and Scott Boland was at the the crease in the morning, so England would have had hopes of a, of a quick early wicket. And uh, Mark Wood came in with a fearsome spell of bowling really fast at people's ribs, and it was it well it paid dividends as England had Australia quickly down, reduced to sixty odd for six, with hopes of actually setting uh, a chaseable target. Uh, it was a bit of a, a bit of a comeback from Alex Carey, who scored forty nine, not without the uh, a couple of uh, reprieves by the the barest of all margins, as uh, some some Kiwis mm-hmm. might say. But uh, as it was, um, he did eventually fall, and Broad and Wood managed to mop up the rest, leaving England with a, a tricky chase. Let's be honest, of two hundred and seventy one. No one was really expecting that England might be able to chase that much but that you know there was still there was still a sniff and um not having to score 300 to 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 successfully chase those runs was probably brought it slightly more into the realms of realism rather than complete fantasy but well we know what happened um and there was even more hope wasn't there was England somehow I mean I don't know how this happened somehow managed to make it to about 63 for no wicket despite Burns actually being out but Australia didn't review it, so you know, <laughs> got away with it. Um, ver- a few very close calls, a couple of um, almost nicks and and not nicks. Um, but you know, they 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 just about managed to dig in and almost get to tea without lose losing wicket. Almost, but Burns finally fell by leaving the ball onto his own stumps. Um, but you know, at that stage, two hundred and what was it, two hundred and eight to win with nine wickets in hand on a third day pitch. If you're thinking England's, you know, England's, they've got a shout. I think Winvis had it up at about 50 50, you know, which, which, one... which shows you how stupid Winvis is, and well, we can yeah, talk about that, that in a minute. That's true, yeah. Uh, uh, the, bookies, the bookies had England as favourites at one point, like early in that chase. This is this is how momentous this was in, in terms of the series, like in how much of a chance England actually had. Um, and then no, uh, I, actually, I actually thought you guys, you had the. I'll have his favourites to it, none for the 60, to be honest. Well, there you go, see? Uh, people, you didn't, people didn't take hope. In, there was hope. You didn't take in the England factor. Uh, uh, no. Shane, yeah. Shane, uh, uh, Shane, I'm guessing you've played at Hobart? 
Yeah, plenty of times. And that's, I've never said it that green, but yeah, <laughs> from about 2002, they seemed to make it a bit green on day one um, mm. because they weren't getting any results. It's just so flat. It doesn't really deteriorate. And it was just draw after draw after draw. So then they started making big green day one, always bowl first and have a run chase on day four. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the best way of playing. So it is a once England won the toss, it was probably advantage England. Mm-hmm. It was very green. So um, yeah, unbelievable. I've never seen it that green, but it's usually, yeah, a bit of a bowl first wicket and it usually gets flat out day four. Beautiful day for batting. It's a bit more grass than probably what it has been when I played there, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember once Ponting got 100 in each innings against us, and it's usually a beautiful batting, batting uh, paradise down there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately for England, and I think well, once the orange colour ball, pink ball, pink sorry, ball. The orange ball I played in the day night game. Um, once your pink ball got a bit old, it seemed to be uh, doing less, but it seemed to just still do a bit the whole time tonight. And England just yeah. Kept nicking yeah, or well, missing I'll, them or hitting them onto the stumps. Yeah, I mean, it, as, you hitting as, them on the stumps, <laughs> wasn't there? Yeah. As as you're saying, yeah, sixty, you know, sixty three for none. England in with a shout, and then after after the final into the final session, it all went very very wrong, very very quickly, and England were bowled out in an in an hour and a half. This is all it took for England to collapse. In fairness, uh, at the end. Clearly, what happened once Wood went into bat was the bowlers had had a had a little natter and be like, oh, "Fuck this, we've had enough." The yeah, bats were not going to do their jobs. We might as well make sure this uh, ends now and we can have a day off tomorrow because no one wanted to come back. And, uh, Wait, are, and are, you say, are you saying the bowlers did a bit bit of a dirty protest? Is that what you is that what you? I mean, it looked like it, didn't it? I mean, for God's sake, Mark Wood pulled the ball, middled the ball onto his leg stump, like. <laughs> Yeah. Ollie, Ollie Robinson tried to was trying to practice being the square leg umpire. Ollie Robinson yeah. just ran away, and um, and Stuart Broad also just ran away. And uh, you can't really blame them. They had a bit of a swing. It was fun for about five minutes, and, and it was all over. Yeah. But um, I think you're right there because most teams have like the batters versus the bowlers, and every time there's a team meeting, there's always a bit of uh, angst against each other. It's your fault. It's your fault. Your batters get runs, and there's nothing worse when a tail ender makes a, a fifty in. Gives it to the batters. That's how you bat, which happened a fair bit <laughs> over the time. But yeah, I think uh, the batters definitely didn't yeah, do their job once again. That's probably been the story of the series. And I think you're right. The bowlers just said had enough and said we're having a swing. Yeah. And you get can't get over done with. Yeah, it can't go out for a beer. Yeah, you can't um, blame them. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, we've we've spent a lot, a long, a lot of the time, and a lot of the time when uh, you've been joining us, Shane, talking about how bad England are at batting. So let's uh, let's put that to to one side for a little bit. Let's 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 save that. Um, why don't we start at the start of the day and talk about some good things from England's point of view and something different to uh, England batting badly and um, and Mark Wood starting the starting the day so well. And I think would you, would you say it's fair um, that he finally got some of the rewards that he'd not been getting earlier in this series. Because he just bowled well, hasn't he? Not been uh, particularly lucky, but six for 37 today. Finally getting a reward for his his hard work. Yeah, I think he's been the, the player of the tour for, for you guys. Um, and I think the Australian crowds are really warm to him and just enjoy the way he just has a crack and gives it 100% every time he gets the ball, he just runs in and gives it his best and plays with a smile on his face and tries to entertain. And I think one of the commentators also mentioned it in one of the tests that it's a bit like when Goffey played back in the old days, 
the crowd, the Aussies loved Goffey when he played in Australia, even though he was going through us a few times. It was just the way he played with a smile on his face and had a real crack and stuck it up us a bit. And, you know, we were enjoy that and enjoyed his, uh, the way he played the game through this series. And, yeah, he definitely deserved a big ball and good on him. He's a, yeah, he's a great bowler and you've got to keep him fit, keep him on the paddock, put him and Archer together. It's a pretty formidable attack. So you just got to keep them both fit. Is it probably a test for the management now? Well, one step at a time. We've got to get Archer fit in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still be I'd still be surprised if Archer plays Test cricket again, which is um, probably a little bit uh, too too dour for this podcast. But I think um, when it comes to that, like, you saw the confidence in Mark Wood as well. Like, last night, the the bouncer to get out Usman Khawaja was a, like a snorter. That was yeah. unplayable almost. Like, it was one of the, it was one of the best bouncers I've seen in the cricket that I've watched. And you're sitting there going. If this guy can be consistent and he can be fit, as you're saying there, Shane, and sometimes it takes a few games, right? Actually being in and out of the squad because apparently you're trying to manage his workload, actually that could have a detrimental effect, right? Some players just like to have that bit where they, they have a run. Um, and it's not like England are playing all five days of test matches because they're batting so bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And I think there's one of my, my notes I was making about the, the series before is that uh, they probably overthought it all and they've got too much planning Mm-hmm. And you've got to rest here, you've got to rest there. That just has not worked. It never does work. So yeah. I think you're right. You just got to stick him in there and bowl him in the short spells. That will look after him. Yeah. But I think bowlers like to bowl a lot. And that usually gives them their bowling fitness and bowling strength. Well, he's, he's held up well, hasn't he, this series? You know, he's played played through on the bounce in quick succession. It's been absolutely yeah. fine. He's got better as he's got better yeah. as the time went on. So yeah. and sometimes it's not going to work out, right? When you are a fast bowler, sometimes you get it a little bit wrong and you'll go around the park. Look at like look, this happened to Mitchell Johnson. I mean, we won't need to talk about Sean Tate uh, at this point in time, but you know what I mean? And there's there's those bowlers where sometimes when it just goes slightly wrong, and when you've got some high class batsmen that you're bowling against, they're just like, you know what, I'll just use the pace on this and it'll just fly away to the fence. And I thought Mark Wood today and Broad, to be fair today, bowled really well in a partnership. Um, yeah. And they were, they were really unfortunate. That LBW that is what a millimeter mm-hmm. or two that is sitting the, on the wrong side of the outside of the stumps, <laughs> like, unbelievable. But you're right when you said partnership, and that's when if Wood is going around the park, the other bowlers are really going to step up and keep it tight yeah. to allow Wood to you know come in and try to take wickets and be attacking. Mm. And yeah, it's going to go wrong some days, that's for sure. But that's that's a good game plan. But the, the partnership is the key. And every great fast bowler or spinner has always had someone at the other end to bowl with and work together as a partnership. And and I think Broad, yeah, I wanted him in the whole time, but I'd hate to play against him. He's so annoying. But, <laughs> and, and I think and he's, I think I said it before, he's like the pantomime uh, villain in Australia, and it just should lift the team. And that's when they lacked energy before. And I think, yeah, I love when he's playing, though. I just would hate to play against him. Yeah, well, it's this a bit like David Warner hates him far more than you yeah. hate him. Like oh. it's uh, he dismissed him twice in this game, didn't he? Uh, no, Ollie Robinson got him in the second innings. Um, but yeah, again, it was he did nothing, he did nothing, yeah. unfortunately. So um, well, yeah, he just lefties out for fun, and we've got so many lefties. So it was had to play in that first game in Brisbane. Again, it's yeah, back. It's back. Yeah. Let's all go back there. Don't yeah, it's, it's back to the <laughs> yeah. same thing. Got the selection wrong in the first place. Oh. Got it wrong. Well, we actually probably got it right in the um, you know what. Forced or otherwise, with what was available, possibly uh, got it right in this one. Um, with uh, you know, with the the all seam attack, Nathan Lyon, of course, didn't yeah. bowl a single ball in uh, in the, in the, in the, the test match. 
Do you reckon that's the biggest TFC you're going to get? Like, actually, and he doesn't I'm, care, I'm right? Surprised, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised they didn't bring him on at the end just to, to get the final wicket. Keep <laughs> in the game. Yeah. If he's in there, king of the team song, just be like, I did yeah. so much this test match. I said, took a good catch off Ben Stokes, so I suppose uh, he's got, got that to look for. But I mean, in- England's England's bowlers, if you exclude Chris Wokes, who. Um, struggled clearly and uh and jack leach who also struggled mm. um like they performed as well as they are well, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure it'll be as well as well as england's bowlers performed uh, in australia for for a long time even when england did actually manage to win i think i'm just just looking at like the the series averages and you've got like broad average 26 um wood also averaged 26 ollie robinson averaged 25 and anderson averaged 23 i, I mean that's they they <laughs> they're good numbers. They, they good, pale yeah. in comparison to the Australian numbers, but uh, there's yeah. probably other reasons for that. But um, it's, probably the, it's probably the most bowler-friendly conditions I've seen in uh, Ashes uh, or Test matches in Australia. Like Melbourne, never seen it like before. This was obviously green. Adelaide mm. had a bit of grass on it. Mm. Pretty amazing. Even SCG wasn't as normal as it usually is as well. So I don't know. I was going to say, why do you think that is? Really bizarre. I don't understand. They just must have thought our bowlers are so good, their batters are so poor. If we could just get a bit of uh, grass on the wicket, we'll go through them. Well, mm. they're not wrong. Um, <laughs> if that was the plan, it's gone amazingly well. And yeah. uh, well done to the curators, I guess. And, uh, and it's not like you can look back on this, right, and say, but England have nothing to blame but themselves, right? It's not like they've got really unlucky with a toss or they got really unlucky with the weather or all that kind of stuff. Like we were one wicket away. And for, as I said, I said this yesterday, we were one wicket away from losing the last test match that we ended up drawing. And that was only because they could only bowl spin in the last kind of couple of overs because of light. Yeah. Like, and it rained like, as well. And, and it rained. Like, England, England ended up having that luck. And you look at some of the batting, like Rory Burns like got a bit of luck today with the when they didn't appeal um, or didn't review, whatever it was. But actually, if yeah. you look across that thing, England, the amount of times we've played on, does that actually represent kind of bad luck or is it actually bad technique and bad temp- temperament? And actually, it's probably a mixture... Of, of both, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it, yeah. The ball can go anywhere, can't it? If you, uh, you know, get an inside edge on it. But it's the getting into that position in the first place. It's the, it's. I think it, that's a, it's a mental thing, isn't it? Surely, it's the not not having mm. conviction in your your shots. Whether you're, you know, whether you're leaving the ball and mm. just yeah. I just think yeah, just the plans. At least I'm trying to do something today, and I liked uh, Crawley batting out of his crease and. Negating some of the seam movement look good. I think to Greeno it's probably not a great option because he gets the extra bounce. He's going to be more of a nicking uh, bowler, so you probably can bat a bit more on middle stump and back in the crease against Green because I think it's going to be hard for him to hit the stumps because he's so tall and a lot of balls are going over the stumps with the reviews. So mm. I would say to a tall bowler like him, you know, come at my stumps because he has to really pitch it up and that's when you can get some drives away. A full bowling, I think, batting off stump and a bit outside, or probably not quite off stump, but definitely outside the crease to negate some of that scene. It was a great option. He looked really good against all of them. So at least I'll try something. But yeah, like Pope and those other guys, they're just they're just rabbit in the headlights at the moment. They're not sure what they're doing. And if you have if you've got a confused brain with your game plan, um, yeah, you've got absolutely no chance at that level. But Crawley again looked a, looks a good player, and that's a great find for you guys. He looks like he, he could play and make some big runs at the top of the order, fast, and set the tone for the people behind him to make it a bit easier for the middle order to come in and hold the ball and other test matches and make some runs. And, 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 also, and that's the thing with Crawley. 
Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but that's the thing with Crawley, though. Like, Crawley had a torrid time last year. Like, did, couldn't hit the ball off the square. And yet, the confidence here, like, it looks like he wasn't, I don't know, maybe not. It's that sometimes when you're looking for something and you're trying too hard, it'll always evade you. And here, actually, it looked like he was back to playing his own game, whatever that own game is. But I tell you what, when, when there is, a, I think David Gower summed it up saying that if there is a bad ball to be put away, like Crawley gives it the beans. Like there is no, there is a full face of the bat. He times it really well and he looks good doing it. But then there's the other part around being able to like build that long-term innings. Yes, he has that 267 against Pakistan, but there are, as you say, Shane, there are, there are shoots of potential there that people weren't seeing for a whole 12 months. Yeah. So it's encouraging. That's, that's probably an encouraging sign. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we said the same ourselves, didn't we? We were like, what, what's Crawley? We spent a long time saying, what's Crawley doing in this? <laughs> He's averaged 10 for the year. He averages under 35 in Division 2 in the county championship. And um, we saw with that 77 uh, last week, the sort of the the reason that the people um, sort of are drawn to picking him. And he, he, I think it's, it's a bit of a honeypot, isn't it? When you see those glorious cover drives being uh, smoked off the, off the, you know, perhaps slightly over-pitched, deliveries but I think it's just uh, for him it's got to be about when to play those shots isn't it and I think when he was struggling he was trying to play that shot to almost every ball outside of stump and getting uh, and, and nicking off and yeah if he if he reigns that in then maybe he can be uh, a guy for, for England he's certainly got more stock than anyone else at the moment at the top of the order so he's yeah, yeah I think um, most players will come on the scene and they a lot of players they do well straight away and then they always have a little tough period after that, which is a really, it's usually a good sign because it makes you really rethink your game, work out your plans, have some failures because you learn more from failures than um, than you do when you're just churning out runs all the time. Sometimes these little mishaps are what you need to really work on your game and understand your technique a bit more. And he's a young player, which is always the thing when you're a young player. But now he looks organised. It looks like he can take the attack to the bowlers and put them under pressure. And that's what you need. He needs a good opening partner with him so they can work together. Um, mm. I don't think Burns is that guy. I just can't watch him back. It just drives me <laughs> insane. That's what about the hair? What do you oh make of his... Uh, wow. I'm hair from everyone. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I'm the one person to ask, mate. I'd love to have that hair. What are you talking about? <laughs> That made me hate him even more now. I'm, 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 I'm just kind of picturing you now, Shane, where you've got your you've got your batting lid and you've glued some hair extensions to the bottom of the thing, just so you're, you're just sitting there looking like that. Um, but well, let's, it let's, looked let's, a bit untidy, didn't it? It, it did. But that, yeah, that, and that opening partnership was promising today. Um, but again, like, Hamid couldn't be sent back out again in this test match. He wow. was kind of a bit of rabbit in the headlights, wasn't he? Um, again, there is some potential there, but actually on this tour, he's just been just not the right player to play in these games. Um, but what I found when we were looking at um, that opening partnership was hang on a minute, Like, do we actually have a chance here? Or is this just setting up for another day of spectacular failure? And I think even the most ardent cricket fa- England cricket fan wouldn't have thought we'd lose all 10 wickets for 56 runs in an hour and a half. Like that capitulation is is a disgrace. Like, let's be yeah, honest. Like, there's like, not really much other word for it, is there? No, no, England. England's highest ebb, as we said, was drawing a match last week because of like the rain and all, all kinds of different bits of luck. 
we have not really gone off like level one on the zero to 10 ebb flow of 10 being where Australia are, right? Smashing us to bits. And we have not got out the, out the gates. And it was just, I'm not sure what it is, right? Like, that we can talk about England's failures in a minute, but it was almost like Australia knew we were there for the taking. And if there's one thing I can attribute how this has gone for Australia is their persistence. And I think, we're, Shane, when you were last on, we were talking about Pat Cummins being captain. And you mentioned today already that the bowling unit for this Australian, is it is Australian side, is really strong. I mean, Hazelwood's not even playing, right? And Hazelwood is an elite level test player. Um, yeah. And he's, he's won the IPL this year, so he's not a bad, and, and the World Cup, so he's not a bad white ball bowler either. But they are they haven't even got their best quartet of seamers out. And yet they are, they've got the ball on the string. Scott Boland has come into this side and not missed, he's not bowled one bad delivery, it seems, in the whole time he's played test cricket. Yeah. Um, and that and Cameron Green. Cameron Green has grown into this test series. And he's been that, that again, if there's no respite, and that persistence of every single one of their bowlers, well, I think is probably the difference between kind of like what England could even try to hope for, because then they actually get a rest because Kawaja comes in, hits double centuries. Travis Head comes in, hits the most runs in the series after being questionable if he's going to be in the place. Steve Smith, Marnus Labuschagne. They don't really have a, an amazing series, but they have pretty. It's better than every other England batsman. Well, Steve Smith had a pretty poor series by all accounts. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have uh, thought that would. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, that's happen. like one of my the, the notes here is like the the fringe guys or not the superstars. They're the ones that stood up for Australia. Mm. You know, Green, Travis Head, um, Boland, Kawaja, even. Richardson, when he got that one game, took Pfeiffer. Like, they're the guys mm. that stepped up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it usually happens. Like, the top players in the world usually cancel each other out. You know, Smith make 100, Root makes 100. They sort of cancel each other out. It's those other guys who can win the battle between, you know, the, the middle of the road players. Um, and, the, and the Australian ones, like Trav got a uh, player of the series, Boland destroyed it. Green averaged 30 with the bat and mm. 15 with the ball. So, you know, that nah, of, <laughs> of the teams, that was amazing. And they kept the same team together. England obviously had to change a lot. I think Ibis Besto just makes 100 and up runs in the second innings. It was a shame he mm. was injured. But, yeah, you missed him a bit. Would have given you a bit more batting depth in the middle. Yeah, well, yeah, he was, yeah. So let's, let's, let's come on to talking about the batting then, because England obviously drafted in Ollie Pope, um, who has been a disaster on this tour. Um, England's David Milan, since he hit those back-to-back 80s, I don't know, he's just lost it. I don't know, he's just lost his way, lost his rhythm a little bit. And he got sconed today by a pretty nasty bouncer and he was kind of, yeah, I'm fine. But then his feet were in concrete, right? He just wanted yeah. to get out. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's looked like he's gone within his shell a bit because he's a great, you know, plays the white ball game pretty well. So mm. he looked like he, he wanted to attack a little bit more in Brisbane. But yeah, I think you're right. He's just not moving his feet. He's stuck there. Which is a shame. He was he was the he's the big difference. You lose an open, then you lose your number three straight away, and then it seems to steamroll. And that was mm. probably what they needed to do. If they lost one today, they, they needed to start a partnership again. And they obviously didn't. Root was a bit unlucky. <laughs> just um, a bit. <laughs> just, just a bit. Just a bit. But uh you, you're right, yeah. It's those players need to step up, they just couldn't be consistent. And now now you're looking, who, who's your best eleven next game? You just you wouldn't have a clue, would you really? I think that David Milan, like he, his, we've we've seen that that wicket, we've seen that before, haven't we? I think, he, and obviously, yeah, that. I mean, that bouncer from Cameron Green was fierce. It followed him, 
It was like a tracer bullet. It was a, it was a, a really good ball. But um, you know, uh, Australia, I think, probably got in his head in the last couple of um, uh, matches or the last couple of um, innings with that ploy of catching him out down the leg side, which uh, probably that was probably you know eating away at him a bit, and then actually didn't use that at all today. Just kept bowling around the wicket and trying to sort of angle it into him. And we've seen him before trying to cut things that are too close to him. And uh, it's that sort of fourth stump line where he can sometimes, you know, get a bit mm-hmm. um, caught up. Yeah. And I think coming that's around the wicket, yeah, it was. Coming I mean, it was good. The wicket changed things a lot yeah. for him. And I, I think, you know, from that point of view, you have to say oh, it was it was a bad shot that he got out to. He obviously, didn't move his feet. But Cameron Gray bowled really well in that um, sort of opening period after the uh, was it dinner? Is it the dinner break? The, the in, in the day night <laughs> test. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so, but and, and Green's doing that, you know. He's just coming on, and you get through the new ball, and you and know, Bolton and Green are just relentless at you. Yeah. So it's pretty formidable attack at the moment. You know, no, not, not bad for a batting all rounder. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they'll say he made his debut for WA when he was seventeen as a bowler and took six run on debut. So. Mm. I think his batting is just starting to show, but uh, I think Michael Ball was saying, yeah, he's going to dominate Ashes series in the future. Yeah. Just a bit like, he's our Freddie Flintoff, so we've got to get behind him. <laughs> Freddie was a legend for you guys. What a player. Yeah, yeah Cameron Green looks tasty. It's got to be said. Mm, very good. Now let's let's talk about England's all rounder then, because um, I just want to say thank you to Nehal and Ardash in the chat who sent over some uh, super chats. So thank you very much for that. But Ardash um, asks, kind of, why has the media been going easy on Ben Stokes, who's not really had the best of series? Um, third, I'm, I'm top, not, third top run scorer for England. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure there is something to. If, if there's going to be someone to have a go at in this series, I don't think it's Ben Stokes. Yeah, he's, it's, that's it's, the thing. There are people queuing up ahead of Ben Stokes for uh, for a grilling. Uh, I think no. that's that's the thing. I think he can probably hide behind uh, the uh, some, some other some other members of the squad in terms of uh, getting uh, getting it in the neck for his performances. And you know, I mean, he's come back from no cricket. Um, hurt. He clearly hurt himself in the first game, didn't he? Bowling. Uh, bowling all those short balls and mm. tried to soldier through like, for the next few games and has um, ultimately broken down. And we were, we were, you know, we were, we played a seventy percent fit at best. Ben Stokes, um, as, yeah, a, who, as who, a batsman, seventy percent fit as a batsman. That is like obviously he can't bowl, so he's less than fifty percent fit because he can't do half of what he's in the team to do. So um, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I guess when you're down, the, what the, the point is that you've got to um you need your big guys to step up and take responsibility and that's probably where, where the criticism could be a little bit for for yeah. Stokes. I mean, shot today. He, he's, your, he's your man yeah he's the one that's gonna you know puff the chest out and take them on a bit and it's down like like he's behind the April he needs um he said he defended a lot more than I've seen then he is attacking he was never sort of in between playing proper cricket he wasn't quite sure how you know, his game plan I think was either saving yeah. games or trying to survive or then overly attacking in the first test from memory. So I think he's not sure where he's at at the moment. Um, yeah, it, was, it was his contribution, right? It was his contribution yeah. in the in the in the draw that he kind of did. We got back to back fifties in that, yeah. or, and it faced a hell of a lot of deliveries in there. And as Max said, he's carrying an injury. Um, and I think England don't work without Ben Stokes in the side anyway. I, th- I think anyway, and I think playing a seventy cent a seventy cent fit Ben Stokes is unfortunately better than playing 100% fit Ollie Pope. It's better than playing 100% Cameron Green. Yeah, 
Dan Lawrence by the looks yeah. of it. Like, there's, there's not there's not just too many people who are lining up to take that fifth batting spot. Is, is that right, Shane? Do you do you feel that's fair or yeah, actually? Yeah. Well, if he's going to bowl a fair bit, you know, probably number six is a better spot for him. Um, so he can take a bit of pressure. But yeah, he's got to go up a little bit higher. He's got to take a bit more responsibility because no one else is contributing and you can't replace him with anyone else. So it, it, the balance of the team is not quite right. Is he bowling? Is he fit? Mm. So, you know, he's always had little injuries or hasn't bowled a lot. But yeah, they were messing around with that uh, balance a lot and... I think if he's fit and doing well, and I don't know why they made him bowl bouncers and be that sort of guy, especially after someone who hasn't played a lot of cricket or bowled a lot. Mm. He swings it. He's got a great shape when he bowls it. So that, that was another bizarre, bizarre thing that happened from you. I know. But, but add, I really it to, like, add it to the list. I really like your point, Shane, around him being the person who has to stand up, put his chest out and be the one to be counted. Like, there's only so much. There's so many times you can do that. You can't do that every game, can you? Like you just can't take that. People now, because they've watched Headingley, and Headingley's kind of still well, only three years ago, right? People still look at that as kind of almost like a normal behaviour. That is a once in a lifetime thing that you're going to see. Like as from from your team, I know that um, Pereira did it for Sri Lanka. Um, I think it was Pereira anyway. Um, and there was there's you just don't see those very often. And now every single time Ben Stokes is at the crease, he's just like, well, there is the possibility he's going to do it again. And it's yeah. I think it's just unfair. Yeah, that was once in a lifetime. Well, both of them as well. <laughs> and having lead all those years ago. So, yeah, you can't expect those sort of miracles all the time. Mm. Um, but he's the one, I guess, that can probably take the balls on. He took the line on a few times. And that's what people wait for, like a counterpunch from England somehow against the bowlers. But the bowlers are so good, they've been relentless and not giving that opportunity. So you've got probably got to give the Australian bowlers some credit there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um <laughs> and even for the even for the uh for all the collapsing that England did today, you know, part of that was Australia bowling really tight and keeping on top of it. You know, England couldn't score the runs, it got them jittery and and yeah, that's sort of part part of what happened you know, Scott Boland went for about a fifth of his runs in one over because <laughs> he conceded five he was you know he'd gone for about 18 or 14 overs or something ridiculous and um, yeah I mean you have to you have to credit them but um, we should probably try and decide which of England's uh, dismissals was the worst I think I reckon we'll probably all agree on on one being pulled behind your legs Joe Root stump yeah yeah, that's, that, that, so Ollie Pope. Ollie Pope, since we since we've started this podcast, has um, flattered to deceive. I think his England career has completely stalled. Uh, in fact, gone backwards really. Um, and he looked like a walking wicket when Nathan Lyon was bowling to him earlier on in the series. Didn't really have a plan. Was very jittery. Was I think I think Shane, you were on that thing then that he was just looking to score. He was looking to be too busy um, at the crease. Um, and here he's. He's batting so far outside off stump. Like his head is over, his weight is completely wrong. Um, and I'm not sitting here as a complete expert in batting technique. If you see me bat, you're just like, this guy, how the fuck does this guy hit any runs? Um, but there is a bit where you're just like, you're, you're watching a professional cricketer who is supposed to be a prodigal, uh, prodigal, I can't say the word. He's supposed to be a batting prodigy, is what I'm going to go for. <laughs> going to completely stop trying to say that. Prodigal talent. That's the one. Um and, really good. <laughs> and, and, and he, that that dismissal, Max. You're you're a big Surrey fan, 
that was I mean that has been that was the most one of the most embarrassing wickets like and, and Marlon Slavishane was on his ass in the yeah. in the in, in the uh, other innings and th- that was worse. It would have been better if he were on his ass. He could have he could have ex- made the excuse that he slipped. Um, but it, it was it was insane. But again, it was it was I think it was that same. Um, it's that the, the same symptoms as what he was seeing. We were seeing with him against Nathan Lyon. Is that okay? I'm going to be trying to be busy, and that's how I'm going to get on mm. top of it. And it's like he was trying to do things today, but like not knowing actually, you know, why. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to try and to stop getting nicking yeah. off. I'm going to try and cover this area outside off stumps. So I know where my off stump is. I mean, the point of that is that you then know how you can leave the ball easily rather than. Uh, play it, push it, everything outside yeah, of stuff, which he does. Right. And, he, and he can't do that. But I, I listened to a thing on YouTube, uh, I think it was Hussein, Rob Key, talking about how county players are now batting off stump a lot more uh, to negate the C movement and the county pitches aren't as good batting pitches as they probably were in the past. Hmm. And there was a big debate about batting off stump. And then you can see... Uh, I know the theory, and you said it right, they're trying to be able to leave the ball outside of stuff, make them bowl straight and clip you off your legs. And that works worked well for Crawley early. And the Aussies were trying to bowl straight at the stumps and they're going through the leg side a lot. But then they realised, all right, let's just bowl fourth or fifth stump because they're going to come at you sooner or later and they mm-hmm. work perfectly. So, yeah, bat on off stump for a bit. But if they're staying outside of stump, change it back. Come back on middle and make them come towards you a bit more. Because if you put it out there and let it go, they're going to come and bowl straight out. They have to. Um, so, yeah, but he just wants to nick everything and just <laughs> even defend the points. Like that's that's the first thing you learn at first-class cricket. Don't defend the point. Mm. So they, they shouldn't be doing that in the test match arena. So that's really, you know, it looks like a, he really wants it. And I think he could be a good player one day. Um, he's yeah. made lots I mean- of runs. So he's got a hunger for big runs. Even if he is batting five or six for Surrey and getting piles of runs at, at the Oval, um, he's still scoring those runs and he's still averaging, you know, over 60 in first class cricket. And he's still, I mean, away from the Oval, he still averages, I think, 45. So it's not like, uh, obviously, his, his stats are padded slightly from, from the Oval where he averages like 90 or something ridiculous. But he still scores the runs away from the Oval. So he's still yeah. got the talent. We know he can bat. It's just why... For some reason, uh, the trans- <laughs> transferring to the Test Arena has absolutely not worked, and he just it's the level of difficulty. Someone, yeah, but it's, it's, know, it's he's, play, he's playing FIFA. Like when, he, when he's playing for Surrey, he's playing the County Championship. Like he's a great FIFA player. He's he's playing on like he's he's playing on professional, and he's just yeah. like Man, I'm I'm smashing the computer. I know exactly what I'm doing here. Like I know, I know my little my little tricky goals. Let's see he's, what world he's, class he's, is like. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what world <laughs> class is like. And unfortunately, it, it, the computer is battering him every single time because <laughs> anything he tries is just like oh actually I just can't do this right. Um, and what what I think Shane, I think you're completely right. To credit again to the Australians where they're, they're set up and their tactics. Like for each of these batsmen, they've gone, oh, actually, right, that worked in this game. And they're clearly doing something behind the scenes with Langer and co to kind of say, right, this is what needs to work. This is how we're going to try and get this guy out. Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was a masterclass in terms of their selection. I read out a, uh, an email we got from a PE teacher in Brisbane yesterday um, who just talked about the Aussie selectors, a, a person of the series, right? Yeah, um, that's a good shout yeah, and well, talk about the analysis of the opposition. Dean Hills is the analysis 
uh, guy for the Aussies who was a great player. He used to get a thousand shield runs every year for mm. Tassie. Um, he's, he's been doing it for a long time. He's got a great cricket brain. So he's probably one behind the scenes. He's done a lot of work and probably needs a bit of credit. But you could just see Boland was bowling straight and they had a mid-wicket. They had four on the leg side. And then the captain come over and they switched one over and they just went to that channel outside off stump and then they just stayed there for the rest of the game today. But they, they worked it out pretty quick and um, got on top. But the yeah, the, probably the issue for these guys, the level of county cricket to test match cricket is obviously just too high. Mm. You see the Aussies, you got Boland, Richardson, Nessa, all those guys play shield cricket all the time. So that's the level of shield cricket. Mm. That the Australians have to play in, where if you look at um, yeah, county cricket, this is the debate going on for years. Too many counties playing the hundred, playing T20, too much cricket, blah blah blah. Happens mm. every year, and then you get beat in the Ashes, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the, well, the inquiry is definitely going to start, but I think, but before before we even touch upon that, you talk about people like um, like Pope wanting bat on ball and wanting to feel that that kind of like where does that is that like a, a nervousness? That is in in somebody's game, or is it is it just something? What, what, like, what are they doing where they can't just be like, do you know what? I'm going to trust myself to leave this because leaving in Australia is a massive part of the game, right? Like, you don't score big runs without being able to leave the ball. Yeah, because the, the bounce is a bit higher, so nicking is usual a massive mode of dismissal. Mm. So you've got to leave that, so you bring the balls a little bit fuller and straighter, where then you can punch them down the ground. Mm. But I think it, and also they're trying to hit cover drives or play outside off stump. And Root does it as well. But I think it's more of a technique thing. Their head is getting across the body and it feels like it's on off stump. So they just don't know whether off stump is enough. They've got to get themselves organised that technique. They're just falling over so much. Even Root does it as well sometimes and he wants to play outside off stump. And that's where you've got to, you've got to be tight and astray with the extra bounce. You've got to let the ball go well. Make them bowl to you. Maybe too much one-day cricket where you're dropping, running, you're hitting to the sweepers straight away when you come out and there's only maybe one slip in the middle overs, usually no slips, and mm. running the third man's a big shot. But you got to – and that's cricket and it's been around a long time playing test match cricket and, you you know, you've got to be able to adapt if you're a professional batter. That's what you do day in, day out. And it's just far – not good enough, far not good enough for these guys for not to be able to consistently leave a ball outside off stump. Maybe Cummins because he can nip it back and bowl and makes you play a bit more, possibly. But he's still going to be better than that. Agreed. A uh, couple of questions in the in the chat, which are quite funny. Uh, Shane, do you reckon uh, and, and Max um, would the series have been any different if Tim Payne was captain? Interesting. Good shout. Um, <clears throat> uh, I I think. Uh, well, I don't think the probably not. No, I don't think the <laughs> runs. Rubbish. I don't think the runs would have made any difference today. <laughs> I mean, Alex, Alex Carey didn't cover himself with glory with the bat. He kept quite well. I mean, the catch he took today was phenomenal off Chris Wokes. It was bad last test. It was bad that. last test match. Let's not forget he was a pretty poor behind the stubs last test match. But yeah. this test match, he was much improved. And maybe that just comes from a bit of a run in the team, right? A bit of confidence, as we were saying before. Um, I mean, Shane, you're the I mean, three of us. I'm like the part-time wicketkeeper. Max is a wicketkeeper, and then you're the ex-pro wicketkeeper. So we've, we've got we've got the different evolutions of man here. <laughs> hey, Union as well represented. Mine, anyway. Yeah, the, there's the, the index finger is definitely yeah. twice the size yeah, of this yeah, index they're finger. Not, they're not great. <laughs> yeah, no, Kerry is uh, he's from my club in Adelaide, where mm. our mutual friend Liam Ridley comes from. So I remember him as a 12-year-old, always in the change room. I used to give him my old gloves from time to time, and 
I texted him not long ago to say he's still the second best wicket keeper from the Stingrays. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, he's a great player. He went and played professional AFL football. He's a legend of a human being, and mm. I think it's a good selection. I preferred him in the team. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think he's uh, will take it to the next level. But Payne was good. But I like Cummings as the captain. So it was a pretty easy series for him, though. But whether the yeah. result would have been different. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think the, the he's got the ability to control the weather. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it'll only get better as uh, kind of Paul's just talked about. Um, and in the chat there, um, question on the other side of the fence is the few, and we'll do a bit of a roundup show, I think, um, later on in the week, but around the future of England's wicket keepers. So, obviously, got Yvonne Shane, like Sam Billings in this test match. Um, came in, obviously did a Proclaimers 500 miles trip to uh, to come and play in this test match. Um, but w- where does the future lie? Does Joss Butler get back into this side? Does Sam Biddings kind of keep these gloves? Um, or is it time for Ben Folks to finally get a run in this side? Because I, th- I don't think giving Johnny Bairstow the gloves is the answer. Um, yeah. where, 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 what, what do you think about that, Shane? Yeah, I think you need your best keeper. Um, and I, I've seen that folks a little bit, he bats pretty well too. But yeah. there's always there's always a thing, you've got two or three keepers in your team, and there's always a strange mix. I, I had it at South Australia because I played as an opening batter for a while and Graham Manukat. There's always, you always looking over your shoulder, off, like, but I do well here, he's going to get the gloves and take over. So it's not a great balance. But Any room for one? I think, um, yeah, I think. Folks, you've got to look in a new direction. Billings looked okay. I've seen him mm. play great white ball cricket. He's got a lot of energy. I haven't seen much of that, folks, but I think they need a new change there and um, bring someone fr- a fresh in who's got lots of enthusiasm. Because you know, Butler had no talk or enthusiasm in those early test matches. He was just looked like he was moping around the yeah. ground the whole it's day. A when broken he was, man, didn't he? I think Bill- Billings Billings kept well from what yeah. I saw. I mean, he did a good job. Um, and yeah, he, he looks like part of the team, but yeah. you know he, he was yeah, he was engaged and, and kept things lively, and that was you know that's that's an important part of things. You know you got to keep, <laughs> especially when things yeah. are going the way they are, you got to try and keep spirits up. But yeah, the keeper's like the drummer in the band; he keeps the rhythm and yeah. keeps everyone going, and everyone around. He looks good. All the rock stars singing out in front, so he gets all the gets all the groupies. But the drummer's got to be the one that just keeps things ticking along. So that's what he, that's what Billings did really well. Kept the energy levels up, and I think you definitely need that. That's a non-negotiable for your keeper. We're usually quite annoying human beings behind the stumps, so you've got to keep that tradition going. Takes a special kind of person, doesn't it, Ross? Indeed. Uh, it was uh, I mean, obviously his dis- his dismissal was uh, up there with the worst than today. Just dollying it up to uh, mid on for no apparent reason. That was pretty poor. But I, I think it's, I mean. I am, I'm obviously going to say Ben Folks because I'm a sorry fan, but like you know, he's he is the next cab off the rank. He is the best wicketkeeper in England, possibly in the world. Alex Stewart would say he's the best wicketkeeper in the world. He has said so before. He's definitely the best wicketkeeper in England. He, you know, he he did pretty well when he played against Sri Lanka. Obviously, he struggled slightly in the India series, but uh, who didn't <laughs> on those pitches? Uh, unless you were named Rohit Sharma, you were you were struggling. So. He and he was going to get a chance, wasn't he? Until he um, slipped in the Mitch. change room in his socks. Unbelievable. So I think he at least deserves a go. 
He slipped in his socks in the change room against, I think it was against Middlesex in the county championship. This was just uh, before England's home tests. Uh, was it um, 20, was it 2020 okay. or was it, was it last year? I can't remember, but um, he was, he was set to come in because Josh Butler was being rested and he was going to get a good run of, uh, of games. And um, yeah, he slipped in the change room. I think he tore his groin or something. Uh, it was a pretty nasty one and he was out for quite a few months. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he missed his, he missed his shot that he'd uh, worked so hard for. And he'd, he'd spent so long as well, expecting not to get back into the side just because he'd been around uh, with the England squad for so often, um, you know, and not getting picked despite being uh, yeah. England's best wicket keeper. So that was uh, <laughs> a stroke that's of misfortune. That's a, but... a bizarre injury. I think in the, one of the first T20 internationals, Brad Hodge pulled a neck muscle putting his playing shirt on. In the <laughs> and I think one of the, the guys who was spectating plays with WA ran in and played in that game. I think at that point you have to retire, don't you? If you injure <laughs> yourself putting your oh, shirt on. Your shirt on. But falling over the change room. Oh, I didn't know that one. That's interesting. Mm. Probably playing <laughs> something in the change room anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um but let, I think it's time for us to wrap up. We've got a couple questions on uh, Twitter. Um, nice, easy one um, for you, Max. Time for uh, Boland and Green to throw themselves into the IPL pool for recency bias bidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Why not? Why not? Eh? I don't know. I don't, I've not. Do they? Uh, well, obviously, they're not playing Big Bash at the moment because uh, they're playing for, for Australia. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd imagine Cameron Green would probably uh, probably do a, do a decent job. I mean, I mean, why everyone throw their names to the IPL ring, wouldn't they? Like, what's, I mean, why, I mean, Jameson, Jameson's kind of probably like if side by side in terms of comparing people. Jameson and Cameron Green yeah. actually both giants. Um, Jameson did terribly at the IPL, like really badly. What they what um, they need to do is uh, destroy India in a Test series, and that will that will net them uh, that will net them a contract. Obviously, Jameson. That's why Jameson's in there. Yeah, Marco, Marco, Marco Janssen and Rabada are going to go for big bucks in this in the next IPL auction, purely in the fact that they did well in the recent series well, against them. Rabada, Not sure. should, Rabada should always go for big bucks. Yeah, CSK are probably going to give um, Dean Elgar a pity contract like they gave to Pajara. Um, but that's just one thing that they could do. I, I think Cricket Australia shouldn't let Green go. He's going to be wrapped in cotton wool. He's an absolute gem. So mm. I wouldn't be letting him go to the IPL if I was there and giving bit of cash on the side and say, stay, mate. <laughs> Look after yourself. <laughs> go out, uh, go to the, a spa. And then the other other question is from NJ saying, is it safe to say now that Jadeja is the best all-rounder in the world without someone screaming headingly? Um, what do you so, reckon, Ross? Uh, I mean, I absolutely love Jadeja. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but, but again, different conditions, different players. But very I think... Uh, yeah. Hard yeah, to compare. Very good cricketer. Yeah, we did. Sorry, we did have a question on Patreon as, as well, Ross from um, okay. from VJ. It was just, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. To paraphrase, like uh, it looked like things might be having a positive end, but uh, uh, it's uh, sort of ended how it's supposed to with England falling apart. But you know, do you? Uh, how much do you think England, the younger players in the England side learnt from this experience? I mean, I suppose that's going to be uh, Ollie Pope. He would be the. I would imagine that the young player the rest of them are sort of they've been around for for a while in one form or another but uh, Hamid as well I suppose how much do you think they've learned from their experience of getting absolutely battered by everyone well it's interesting right so and I, and I hate to be the guy who turns around and brings up the 2005 ashes 
But some of the logic in the selection to the 2005 Ashes was to pick players who weren't burnt in, in a bad way before around, from Australia tours. And they didn't have the demons in their closet of kind of being just like, oh, we're really scared against these guys. Mm -hmm. um, and now that, that, that they've been on a pretty chastening two years, like this whole team, like, even some of the reserve players, right? Look at Matt Parkinson. Matt Parkinson was on tour for 18 months, pretty much nonstop. Didn't play a single game. Jack Leach's confidence probably could not be lower as an international spinner. He's done. Uh, um, you look at some of the uh, I think the proper younger players, as you say, like Pope, Crawley, Hamid. Um, they either learn from this or they don't come back from this. That's it. That, it's, it's up to them. It's yeah, up to that, them what they take from this series. And I think I think, it, I think Shane, you, you nailed it right in terms of. Ollie Pope clearly wants it. Crawley clearly wants it. There, there is that there is that drive, but there needs to be that ability to adapt. And if they can't adapt and they can't change what they're doing, then it's going to be a really tough thing for them. Um, I think the, the really good test is one going to be around how we what, what team we take to West Indies because actually that is that's a that's a big chance for England to have a look at what's gone wrong on this tour and what's gone wrong in the last eighteen months and go, do we want to go forward with the same players or do we want to do a do a mini reset in terms of some of these people who are around, um, and then the home series against South Africa. Uh, that is going to those two test those those two test series. If we don't make changes, then I think we're going to struggle for the next what five years. But it's it's not it's not a not an easy fix. But we've got to start to give op opportunities to different people. Now West Indies is a good chance to get some runs under your belt. You haven't got you know Stark, Cummins, Boland, Green tearing in at you, so. There's a great chance for some of those guys to get some confidence in the test mm. arena. And I think for the next time, if, if the team is playing better over the next few years, when I mean, they come to Australia with some good form, then you can put all the demons behind you. Mm. I know, I remember hearing Steve Waugh talk about when they used to get smashed Australia in the, in the 80s, that sort of stuck with him forever. We'd never want to lose again like that. And that spurred them on to work harder, train harder, plan better, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to go either way. You're either going to go completely backwards or skyrocket up and come yeah. to take the Aussies on next time. In well, the we've, we've been losing like this for 35 years. So uh, <laughs> if, if uh, history is anything to go by, I can't see, uh, I can't see that being the, uh, the takeaway from the England side. But who knows? Maybe this is the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the conditions are going to be like in Australia. The coaches and they've got to put their hand up and take some responsibility here because they're picking guys who you can see were never going to perform in Australia, uh, particularly the batters. They're low hands, pushing at the ball, wanting to play outside of stuff. That's not how you play. So they either got to prepare earlier and practice some game plans or pick players that you think are going to succeed. Like Crawley looks like he plays a short ball well. Mm gets on the front foot, takes it to the opposition, and you need a bit of that. Uh, that's yeah, pretty interesting, as you say. Others. I think so, that's really interesting. So so you're obviously the, the, the lead for um, the Netherlands women's team. Um, would you ever do horses for courses selection around that? So when England go and play in the subcontinent, we're actually looking to play kind of the best 11 who are suitable to these conditions. Same with Australia, same with England, whatever. Or should it just be, do you know what? These are our best 11 players. We're going to try and play these guys in every single every single area. No, Teach them how to bat properly. Yeah, you've got a, a horse or some courses, but before you go on a tour, like, mm. you know, we're going to spinning conditions. We're going to practice a lot of spin and just constantly work on our game plans. So you get there, you know what you're going to do. Mm. And it, for the European teams, for example, you play in Ireland or Scotland, it's just green seamers. Yeah. And then 
And that's why island women, for example, have been really good in their home conditions when they travel to Bangladesh to host the coach Bangladesh women's team. We just bowl spinners at them and they, they struggle. Mm. Where we went to there, we would struggle as well. But you just gotta you gotta plan well in advance and have have uh, a technique you think is gonna survive in those conditions. And they're completely different cricket all the time. So yeah. and if someone's really good in a certain environment, I think you've got to pick them. Yeah. It goes without saying. Well, there we go then. It's uh, it's not too late for Keaton Jennings to come back into the England t- team at one point or another. Um, Shane, thank you ever so much for joining us. Uh, Max, has been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, and thank you for everyone who's listened and watched. Uh, if you could like this video, subscribe. Uh, yep, Shane, dem- good good use of the prop for a bit of... Uh, it's empty, uh, mate. It's empty. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how much is that left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's enjoyed rubbing the salt in all, to, in all the wounds. Um, and yeah, obviously, uh, we'll be back um, later on this week with some uh, couple of other shows. But um, have a nice weekend. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.